this is Allison Hilliker. Daryl Sandro. And today is Thursday. <laughs> July um let's see. I let Daryl go today because I, I It don't is remember. it is Thursday, July the thirteenth at the NFB convention yes. in Orlando. So yes, blind access journal is coming to you live from, well uh, well pre recorded. At yeah. we're at the convention. Yes. From Orlando. We are here um with our um with Alyssa. With our daughter Alyssa in the background, and then we're here with Suman Kanyuganti from Ira. <laughs> Good morning. Morning. Thank you, Alyssa. Wow, okay. I don't know what that was, but Alyssa's trying to edit her. So, yes, well, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Ira is a very exciting. Um, we've been using it since May, I believe. About six weeks. About six weeks. So, oh, okay. God, it feels longer. So, yeah. <laughs> and we enjoy it very much. Um, just for the few, like five people who are listening who don't know what I am, yes. can you give us a, a quick overview for people who may not be familiar? Yes. Yes. Sure. Alyssa <laughs> said yes for yes. you. Sure. Um, Ira is a technology service. Uh, we ship our users a pair of smart glasses which will actually connect to a remote human agent. Now this human agent is a trained professional who sits in front of a computer and on their computer they have what we call a mission control style dashboard. On this dashboard they essentially see whatever the person wearing the smart glasses would see in real time in less than 500 milliseconds. Now besides the visual information on the dashboard there is lots of additional information as well such as Google Maps, satellite images, public transportation information, um, even integration into transportation such as Uber. There, there is Google Street View, and I can go on and on. Uh, for example, when we go to a restaurant, we use the information from Yelp to pull the menu information. So on the dashboard, which, we, which will continue to evolve, is a data augmentation from multiple different sources. and. The way it works is the person who is wearing the glasses calls in and we have a SLA of less than 30 seconds for an agent to pick up and the agent would pick up and say, hey, welcome to Ira, how can I help you? And they have immediate access to all the things about the visual information and environmental information from the user. And from there, it's between the user and the agent, uh, what activity they are doing uh, and they would like to achieve and it's a... Uh, you know, in most cases, it's a teamwork to get things uh, done. And at the end of the day, it's about information access, real-time information access, whenever uh, is needed and wherever. Right, that does make sense. It's it's interesting. It's kind of like as if you were Skyping or FaceTiming, <coughs> Skyping or FaceTiming a sighted friend, but instead you get you know instant access to someone who is a trained professional to be able to help describe your surroundings or bring a piece of paper to you or help identify an object or um, different things that you might use sight for if you could. Um, it's kind of like there was an app called um, Be My Eyes that we used to use. We did, a, I believe we did a podcast we did. about it. Yeah. Except instead of volunteers, these are actually people, professionals. So it, it ends up you with a higher level of quality in the information you get when you call and talk to somebody. And you have the, the glasses, which yeah, uh, being my eyes also does not have. Yeah. Although you can't call using your phone, 
you get different experiences depending on which whether you're using just your phone or or the glasses. I was told yesterday that for close-up things, the phone camera is sometimes better. Where further things, it's better to use the glasses. Is that about correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. And most of our users use glasses and the phone in various uh, different tasks. Um, uh, so, for example, you know, whenever there is a need for hands-free experience, uh, our our explorers end up using the glass more. Whenever there are quick things at home or you know, quick reading things, um, they do end up calling in from phone uh, because the activity will probably take less than a minute or two. Right. Uh, so, depending on what it is, uh, it's it's up to the end, end user. Uh, to you know, to choose between the camera or the glass. Right. Or if you're like me and you just leave home without your without your glasses. Which yep. Is that, that happens to all the time. Right. Because yeah. to make the glasses work, you also need a little uh, receiver called a MiFi. That's like a little hotspot to keep the glasses running better. My problem is, I have to carry that and the glasses and my phone and all the things, all the supplies for my toddler and my own cane and her cane. And I tend to just forget those two things. But I will say that when I carry them, I have a usually a better experience when I do remember to carry them. Yep, yep. So, um, well that's really exciting. So what gave you the idea for Ira? Um, it was uh, it was mostly as a technologist from uh, when during the time when the Google Glass came out, which is a wearable device, um, and the inspiration is from uh, a friend of mine who is also blind due to retinitis pigmentosa. Um, he and myself we used to talk quite a bit on the phone. He lives in Colorado. When this technology came out, um, as a as a technologist myself, we just pulled together a quick uh, prototype. Uh, so instead of talking on the phone, we said, okay, you know what, let's go ahead and do some Google Hangout. The difference in this case was, um, wow. instead of just talking to each other, I was, uh, and, and usually I see I, I see him, rather than rather than that, I'm, I'm seeing whatever is in front of him. Um, so it was a, it was mostly an aha moment, and then I started describing things. I, I, I distinctly remember one thing, which was uh, explaining about his uh, how young he looked on the photo on his refrigerator. <laughs> so that 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 was a funny moment. You know, some things you st you know it sticks in your brain, right? That, that's something I remember very well. Uh, but anyway, soon after that, Matt Matt is my friend. Uh, he mentioned, Simon, you know what? The more I think about it, if there is something that that like this exists where I can just tap in and uh, you know, get whatever I want uh, instantly. It's it's gonna be a game changer. Um, and and uh, interestingly enough, I was doing my MBA at Reedy School of Management (UCSD) simultaneously at the same time. So I ended up writing a business plan um, on on this particular idea. Okay. Um, and and to you know and to, to pretty much I I didn't know much about blindness like three years ago, but. Um, in the past three years, my learning experience has been so tremendous, and I've made so many friends who are blind or low vision uh, that I hang out with them more than anybody else lately. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's how it started. That, did right. she that's want a book? Story. Yeah, she wanted a book. Oh, good girl. That was good. Good talking book, please. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to keep her busy while we're talking. Yeah. Totally she, she's giving me the book now. Oh, now she wants to read the book. She's like, oh, can I great. read the book? That would be fun. Yes, that's um, so, so that's a, that's a really interesting story. I, I think those, you know, the fact that you had a friend, you know, who thought this technology could be useful and just could base on your experiences with him, I think that's kind of a fun story. How that interaction with a friend got you thinking, you know, how can I use my tech experience? And my experience with this, my friend, to you know, that's exactly how it started. That is the that is a fun project in a way. 
That is the difference between Suman and me, Allison, because I had a similar experience with with my other friend Allison from the Nocillacast. The couple days after I got my iPhone, she's like, "Hey, Daryl, Nocilla's a uh, a big." She's a Mac, big know. Mac podcaster. Uh-huh. She, she's, she has a major podcast that thousands of people know. Sure. Uh, no, Silicast podcast. Anyway, she, she cited, I met her many years ago at a podcasting conference. Anyway, she's like, hey, Daryl, you should FaceTime me. So I did. I only had my iPhone. This was 2010. I had my iPhone for a few days. I FaceTimed her. She's like, you know, Daryl, I could read you stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of an aha moment that I wasn't able to figure out how to turn into something cool like this. So that's, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the difference, that's awesome, you know, yeah. but, but, it, but so I think there, there was a lot of those experiences and sure. this one turned into Iris. Yeah, so. you guys found the, the good combination of the right thoughts at the right time with the right resources. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah. That's yeah. I think the timing, as you said, uh, uh, Alison, is really important because if you think about it, this technology was not possible like three or four years ago. You know, we are talking about wearable devices. We are talking about widespread bandwidth that is needed in here. We are, talk- we are also talking about a lot of, uh, you know, artificial intelligence that uh, the dashboard uses for, you know, pulling the information from multiple sources and putting all in one place. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this is just the beginning in terms of what all things we can do with this platform. Right, right. That is exciting. And that's it. Um, that brings it to an interesting point. So, peanut butter, peanut butter. <laughs> she, wants she calls them peanut butter. <laughs> um, so, we heard that you just got, what was it, $10 million of venture capital? Uh, yeah, we, we raised uh, $12 million uh, in the recent round of financing. That's right. In the yeah. what? Yeah, in oh, the, the recent, recent round of financing. Round. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us about that because that is really exciting. We don't often hear of assistive technology type setups that get that much investment, which I'm excited to see, but my, what I'm wondering is where where do you want to go next with this? What do you see doing with all that kind of venture? Are you going to expand to other markets or is it going to stay in the blindness low vision sphere or what's what comes next? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, you know, speaking of venture capitalists, right, uh, traditionally the company as a startup is a it started as a typical tech company, you know, from Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, sure, San Diego. But um, I, the original investors uh, were also VCs. Uh, one one person I should mention at this time, uh, his name is Larry Bock. Larry Bock uh, was the uh, uh, original investor. He's also a legally blind person. He founded a number of different companies in the United States. Um, when I met him at a foundation fighting blindness, dining in the dark event, uh, he said to me, you know what, this technology seems to be one of those pieces of technologies where a person who is blind could use, where everybody else in the room would want to use as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he came in as an investor, as an executive chairman, um, and he's also a Lux partner. Lux is a venture firm out in New York as well as uh, they have an office in Silicon uh, Silicon Valley and that's our beginning of you know raising actually pure institutional VC money uh, and you know speaking of raising money we obviously have to you know prove the market and prove uh, the technology prove where it is headed to so to your question Alison uh, if you think about what we are doing it's more about uh, you know, leveraging augmented reality for enhancing access to the information for anyone, if you will, right? So it's more about 
how faster or efficient a person could seek information and and you know one thing i always like to say is people today who are sighted rely on so much of the visual screens uh, so much that it is almost becoming an overload of information uh-huh. right right um and if you think about iowa we are pretty much you know pushing that information or giving that information to anybody with a you know auditory perception with you know in some sort of a different manner okay um so we do see this as a application for beyond uh you know for blind and low vision so for blind and low vision is how it it started um but th- you know the other markets expand uh, uh you know beyond blind and low vision i can i can give you a couple of examples which is dementia autism and so forth oh interesting okay so so you're thinking you're still sticking in the sort of disability arena but you would go beyond blindness related so yeah things. um healthcare markets will be one of our primary focus okay. um and you know speaking of investors we got we got a pretty diverse set of investors which i'm super glad about um which is a good problem to have because you know normally we don't know where to place ourselves what industry do we belong in is it augmented reality is it assistive technology is it ai you know so for example uh, lux capital is very much tech heavy you know they uh, uh investing companies in uh, ai in uh, drone companies and you know pretty advanced technologies and so forth um jazz venture from out in out in silicon valley they are very much in neuroscience so they look at ira as a tool to enhance human potential it's a technology to enhance human potential period doesn't matter if it is you know a person with low vision or dementia or a normal you know sighted person um it's like hacking your body basically yeah yeah i i, I have this you know a lot of passion like of uh, neuroscience so i can talk a lot about neuroscience uh, which i'm uh, developing a lot of interest in so right you're, are you a biohacker kind of person is that kind of your thing oh well a little bit but i'm not an expert in the neuroscience i but the concepts of it just makes me uh, think differently i think it it's it's just uh, fascinating to see how like human uh, evolved over the uh, you know hi- 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 historically and and how the brain evolves you know in the future for example you know i was reading one research study where in 1935 a person uh, cannot have attention focus and details associated with driving a car about 35 miles an hour right oh wow, interesting for what it's worth and today you know we are driving our car at you know superior speeds like so if you that if you yeah if you look at from 18 you know 1935 we were like oh that's superhuman right so from now you know fast forward like 50 60 years we are going to have superhuman in a different form you know we are probably going to uh, walk down the street and the information is going to be uh, uh, absorbed by you know multiple different sources without even having to look at the visual screens so anyways that's that's neuroscience so stuff. that's interesting so you're kind of saying that even people who can't see things may not find sight being their most efficient way to obtain information absolutely um that's fascinating um i ha- i have a funny video from uh, conan o'brien uh, I, sh- i will send you guys the link which is which is super funny i use that to kind of explain the concepts of uh, you know what what is you know what is the underlying philosophy for ira is um but i i will send you an email which is pretty cool uh uh-huh. that is fascinating that's yeah. a good way of looking at it that i hadn't really thought of but that does absolutely make sense so so could you give us an example of you mentioned dementia or, or autism or something so could you give an example of what you would have in mind in some of these other markets a, a scenario that 
that might uh, exist or yeah, some I, way I, that Ira would help? Yeah, I don't know if I if I'm mature enough to kind of give a very thoughtful, um, gotcha. thoughtful example okay. because that is some research that we are doing right now. Okay, that's uh, fine. But, but I could I could mention though is the you know the the focus today and the focus for the next you know few okay. I don't know how many uh, years will definitely be blind and low vision. So there is a lot of focus, uh, and we want to get to get Ira into the hands of as many people as we can, and you know set a sustainable operating model around it um, you know and, and then the, the secondary markets will come along the way so so uh, you know um, I wanted to stick with this for one more uh, question here sure. so say you expand into other markets uh, mm-hmm. we've had a couple of uh, of other technologies and I will be nice enough not to mention them by name I guess but we had a company come to CSUN a few years ago and uh, show us this really, really awesome app. And he, they started, uh, you know, in the blindness and low vision market with this app, with this technology. Yes. Eventually, they, eventually they decided to, well, this technology would also be good for sighted people and not long in other, other markets and things. And not long after that, we were left behind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, they didn't even... Uh, continue to develop it in an accessible way. They tried to they developed a separate mm-hmm. version that was accessible and didn't have all the same features and they sure. they really kind of threw the blind community under the bus, I quite frankly. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's you there's know one it's one I'm talking I about. I don't even know which one he's talking about, and I, oh. but I do know that it has, I could think of a couple that it could be. Yeah, there, there's... Point being that... <laughs> we've, we've had this experience more than once. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is what... I mean, it's, really, it's actually a tough quandary, because on one hand, we want um, assistive technologies that benefit blind people to benefit more than just blind people, because they're bigger markets, and when you have bigger markets, oh. you get more resources. The, that, the peanuts... She, she got, just put she just peanuts, peanuts on the, peanuts the ground. All right. <laughs> So I'm going to deal with that. Well, you so, so, pack this question. Yeah, I will try to address that. Um, so I think oh. I think I know the company. I, I think I may know, you know, whom you are referring to. I, I'm, I've decided not to throw them under well, the yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah. And my point, too, is that it happens in one way or another from multiple sources. Yeah. It's not yeah. always. No, that, that's absolutely fine. Um, so how do I answer this? So if you look at, if you, if you look at IORA, um, we are not just building tech. We are building a community. Uh-huh. Uh, we are building, um, you know, we have something called IRA Partner Network, where we have partners and work with several different foundations in the mm-hmm. United States. Okay. Um, we have a board comprised of people who are blind uh, in True. the company. Yeah. Uh, we have employees who are also blind. So okay. you know, there is a concept. You know, we can all we can all sit together and talk long hours on the inclusion, but for me, it's about execution of that philosophy uh, and I can I can guarantee that uh, the technology will not be diverted unless and until we get to a point where it is sustaining and adding value and incrementally continue to add more and more value okay uh, so in short you know I can only defend so much right but I'm gonna say in here um, the capital that we raise is purely for the plans to expand in the blindness market and okay. blindness industry only. That is pretty impressive because I don't. We don't often hear of people wanting to invest 
that much. Twelve million to, dollars in anything right, right? Blindness. Because it's a small market. Like even <laughs> on the best day of a blind market, because the blind and low vision people are still a small enough market that doesn't always invest uh, often. Well, I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm definitely thankful to our investors, and, and they did uh, do quite a bit of due diligence, and there is obviously, you know, business models around it, right? Um, so I think there are ways to make it uh, creative things work together, meaning, you know, in the United States, according to the research, there is $56 billion of economic loss. Now, that's a, that's a big number by itself. Right, but can we move that needle? I absolutely think we can, but uh-huh. it needs something really dramatic shift on how we think about assistive technology, how we think about information access, and that's what I think Ira brings into the table, which is a different or a radical thinking of how to seek that information. No, I, like that. I can tell you put a lot of careful thought into that, and that's that's terrific. I think it's, it's working. I think it's. You know, Really, <laughs> I think it's so just, just actually um, thinking of um, another level. Listening to um, my daughter, maybe think something else. Have you guys um, considered the possible use of Ira in the education sphere? Um, I can see a lot of good and but it's something I think a lot about because my daughter has inherited my condition and has some level of vision loss, and we don't know how much yet. Um, and, you know, I can't help but wonder when she reaches kindergarten or first grade, you know, yeah. is there a place for Ira in a school, in a, so, in, yeah. in, you know, in, in schools? Um, would we want, you know, is this something we'd want to do or something we wouldn't want to do or is it something you guys have thought about? So yes, yes, and yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> so ed- education is already happening. We have uh, a couple of schools. I don't know if they want us to discuss or not, but we have a couple of schools who actually provided providing Ira to their students. Um, uh, were you at the party yesterday, Ira party? No, I not, we wanted I, to, but I, I am almost always um, doing something related to the toddler, so I don't go to. I don't okay, go to anyways, anymore. there parties, is there parties, is, parties, uh, parties are in my past, unfortunately. And I had to go yeah. to the to the no, Arizona no, no. caucus because they fun, helped so fund the, the. The reason I ask is yesterday I announced what we call a uh, Larry Bock Award. Uh, I was telling you about Larry Bock, right? He he actually passed away after suffering <coughs> with pancreatic cancer for almost 13 months. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So in the, in the honor of Larry Bock, because he always used to say, Suman, you know, we are, any individual is always a learner. He's always a student for lifelong. There is no such thing as you learn and you forget, right? Absolutely. So in the name of a lifelong uh, student, uh, we, uh, we, we actually announced uh, two uh, awards for active students, which is uh, nine months of IRA free service. And we also um, are going to award at the banquet mm-hmm. 10 student uh, licenses, 10 student awards. Wow. Uh, that also happened with a one-minute pitch. Uh, it all happened last night. Oh, wow. So on Saturday, wow. I'm going to announce these uh, awards. And on, uh, on Saturday at banquet, we are going to give these awards. The reason I'm telling you is there is heavy focus on the students and the education and the learning experience. Um, and uh, partnering with... Uh, not only on the education front, but also on the employment front. Uh-huh. We do have organically our explorers and users not only grab the jobs because they used Ira at the interviews, but also uh, use Ira at workplace for some of the quick things to make things even more efficient. Right, right. So I think those are the things that are organically already happening. Now we need to come together and capitalize and plan how can it 
it can scale you know can all the corporations provide ira as a uh, reasonable accommodation to the employees right, right? right so those are the things that we need to uh, pull this pull together well right right and also and there she goes <laughs> Clearly, I have not learned from experience. All right. So while I'm doing that, I will ask you this question. Well, right. And what, it's an interesting thing for us to contemplate as a community, which is, do we want employers, you know, do we see it as an individual cost where individuals purchase IRA and use it as a business expense? Do we have a model where both rehab agencies or um, you know, pay for IRA? Do we want employers to be buying, you know, subscriptions as a accommodation? It's a really interesting way, thing to contemplate is who, where does IRA fit into whose, you know, whose responsibility is it to access it or fund it or, yeah. it's an interesting question that I don't know that any uh-huh. of us have answered yet. So I think, I think that, I think the responsibility should fall everywhere. I you know, it doesn't happen magically, right? There is obviously work that needs to be done to make it happen. Uh, so as a as a company, you know, while we are developing the technology, the service, the agents and everything, we are constantly um, pushing on the business side of things and how can we get uh, people to participate in the uh, program, if you will, right, so right. that we ultimately it will only become more and more affordable to the end user. Right. You know, we don't want to reduce the usage, right? I mean, one thing you may have heard the agents or somebody uh, else say is just, just, just use it. Don't worry about the minutes for now, right? Right. Uh, because there is no point in associating the usage to the to the cost. We need to be associating the cost to the value that it's gonna generate. That and, makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah. I like. I, I get where you're going with that. And, and 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 it only will get better if you know. If you go to like let's say retail shops, what if you know retail providers actually pay for the usage only for the shopping experience? Ah, that makes sense. Right? And you kind of take that and multiply the concept ten times or thousand right, times or right. million times. It is matter of again execution, and it will happen. So really, you could literally go to a store and be like, "Oh, this is a you know an, an IRA accessible store or something that's, like that." That's exactly. That's fascinating. I, that's an interesting idea. I had that would be that. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because unfortunately, I will say that, understandably so, it is a bit expensive for the average user with disabilities, and for just because we are known for being yep. a, a, a community with low, I mean, high unemployment rates. It's just, I mean, we're able, you know, we're able to do a subscription. Um, in our family, and not everybody is, and, yep. and it's even expensive for yeah, us. It is it's expensive pretty for us. hard to say. We, we decided it was worth it for us, but that's also because, yeah. you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to be working full time, and Daryl has some part time work. Yeah, just to build on that one, um, I mean, of course, you know, for, I'm very well aware of uh, the employment situation, right? and what we want to push for is actually being able to use a technology like this to even grab onto the jobs. Um, I was at this conference, uh, M-enabling conference, and I hear a lot about you know multiple different big corporations having different programs for hiring uh, blind people um, as employees, which is great because corporations are coming together and putting programs to hire people. But um, I, I almost want to think it the other way around. If you flip it around, like why do we have to have corporations put so much effort? Why not give? Yeah, I mean, why can't, why can't, why shouldn't, why should be only corporations, right? How, right. what can we do to get uh, uh, any person who wants to achieve a job in some small business 
able to achieve with the technology that you know and what is the technology that is available so where i'm going with this thing small business in the united states is i believe more than 90% corporate only make like 5 to 10% of so oh okay. wow okay so if you just look at from the big picture if you are just going after employing persons who are blind in the corporations that's not going to scale yeah we need to figure out a mechanism where we can place people employed and provide the tools assistive technology however you want to name it in any jobs that they seek Right. and i think that's where the uniqueness or that's where we are going to move the needle otherwise the 70% will become 71 72 but it's not going to uh, right, be right. zero you know that's exactly why i i want the you know the the vendors the people who make technology and software that's why i want them to be accessible so somebody can walk up in a small business walk up and do right. their job with that so much good if you know around. if in a handful of corporations you know spend money to make their particular programs or software accessible whereas the companies that are selling their software to the other companies to be used are they make it accessible that's up in that whole other bunny trail whole right. podcast yeah. but <laughs> it's something we've noticed that that yeah. makes some difference i know since i work for a company that does quite often consider accessibility i find that the issue we encounter a lot is we will try to purchase a new product to do a certain thing and we find that the companies we're buying from don't have accessible options or they're very minimal mm-hmm. and it makes an interesting scenario for a company that does prioritize accessibility because we don't know how to we don't actually there's nothing available for certain things we want to use right that's accessible so yeah and for me access i mean accessibility is like a, such a big topic and assistive technology is also like i would like you know for since it is for blind and low vision people it normally you know the categorized eyewise assistive technology mm-hmm. um but uh, when it comes down to accessibility for me it's just not about web accessibility it's about accessibility to the physical world and as well as to the digital world right um so if you look at our uber integration the the path that we are taking is pretty much very different it's less about yes the app is accessible but what about the uh, you know moving gps point on the map mm-hmm. right so we're finding the door of your like i find a lot of times that um when you get close to a location that uber drivers have a hard time finding whether it's a specific house or a specific suite number in a building of many yeah buildings i find that they often assume that the rider can look and point and say oh go this way go that way that last that last you know half mile last mile yeah exactly last mile situation it's 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 okay so anyway so i think it's in general it's about access to both physical and the digital world uh, at least that's how you know we would want to think about accessibility Great. So speaking of uh, accessibility, so right now, you know, okay, so this is, I don't want to get into too much of a controversy, but ultimately IRA is not accessibility, right? Because it's it's, it's not access. about independence. It's, it's not necessarily accessibility. No. Yeah, and that's where I said yeah. it's, you know, yes. I think it's debatable, like, where do we put IRA? And in general, not in the, just in the blind industry, even outside the blind industry, there is a debate on this is a healthcare, this is a medical device, this is augmented reality this right. is artificial uh, intelligence uh, 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 so uh, and that's part of what makes it exciting is the fact that it is so new sorry um, it's a disruptive technology and that's good like it's good to have something that's so new and unique that you're not quite sure how to categorize it i always yeah. find that exciting yeah. it does make some logistic difficulties but it's a good it, problem yeah it's a good problem to have <laughs> i agree with that 
Right, and I will say, when I bring up the thing about, when I think of the future of schools, you know, what my daughter's school, you know, K-12 experience looks like compared to mine, part of me says, this is exciting. She can take Ira with her to class, and she can use it if, if there's things on the board that she can't read, or, you know, I can think of a lot of different uses for it, but then part of me is also like, if she has Ira, I worry that her school will be less inclined to make things accessible that they absolutely could make accessible. And that's the thing that I don't necessarily expect Ira to solve, but it's certainly something that I, as an Ira user, think about. Mm-hmm. How? That's a good point. Yeah. So because one thing that happens today, um, Allison, is I know a good number of Ira users who are students uh-huh. who use at school already. Uh-huh. Not only uh, just you know going between the building to building, but sometimes they use it in the classrooms as well. And, you know, even if it is handwriting on the board or some diagrams in the book. Um, and in fact, I, I, you know, we, we had one person uh, call in for his uh, MBA uh, books as well, reading MBA books, business books. Wow. Um, so I think it just uh, opens up the access to a greater richer set. But to your point, I think we need to, you know, do everything that we can and position Ira properly that this is not a replacement for education or schools to make information right, that is inaccessible, whatever is expected. You know right, what I mean? Right. So. I just think it, it helps to know that you are aware of that because I do realize that you're you're filling in the gaps when things aren't accessible, and that is a very important thing that I certainly appreciate. And I just I, I, I'm also glad to know that you're aware that you know I, as a parent I'm certainly concerned that I certainly don't want her school not to make things accessible that they could absolutely make accessible right. because they have Ira. But I feel like if we can use both things together, we have a really powerful combination. We that's can right. Use other forms of accessibility along with Ira, it can be pretty incredible. So that's that's what I, the kind of things I think about. I don't know at night when I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so Ira, I know is uh, part of Ira is AI for artificial intelligence. Can you tell us a little bit more about? the intentions in in that area that might actually bring us a little more uh, independence. Sure, I would. Um, Although I have majority of my announcements on Saturday based around. Okay, no problem. No problem. One thing I can say is we we are taking a completely different way on how we approach AI. We are learning from our own users and from our own agents and the human interaction that happens between the users and agents to create AI based on the context. We have have big guys such as Google, Clarify, Microsoft, Oxford creating the platforms. We have a lot of, you know, Technologies around, if you think about autonomous cars and sensors and, and the environmental uh, information that comes to one platform. At Ira, the way we are looking at this problem is AI based on the context. You, you know, I will, I will probably just say that uh, based on the context, as in, you know, based on if you are shopping, what is based on navigation your AI engine is clever enough to pull uh, that particular pieces of technology because we learned that from our own users who are calling in every day today. And that's one of the reasons why it is at most important that we continue to have more agents, more users, have more interaction because unless and until we do and we record that interaction, we understand what that interaction looks like that AI is only 
useless. You know, it has to learn from the humans at the end of the day. Is there a neural net that's learning from all these interactions? Is that what's going on? The short answer is yes, but we built on top of existing neural platforms, such as we don't just rely on the computer vision, right? Computer vision is only solving for the visual information. Right. But if you think about agent assisting you, they are using a combination of information. So the machine learning aspect goes beyond just the... Uh, just, 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 just dealing with uh, images. If, if you wow. Know. So, so, it's um, so basically, um, and I've heard that AI is often only as good as the data. Only as good as the data we give it. That's exactly right. So that's interesting. So tell me then about that, because which makes me wonder that. Tell me about what data you collect from the IRA calls and how it's used, because I, I, I have at least skimmed the privacy policies to see that it looked pretty reasonable about what you guys are collecting. So tell us more for you, for you to, our listeners who haven't heard that yet. Tell us how, what data you're collecting, how it's being used, what you don't collect, what you do. Um, let's see, I'm trying to prepare my answer in my mental brain. Yeah. Okay. Quite all right. So, so what I will say is, um, you know, we, we, we do have some metadata that agents uh, categorize or collect. Uh, when I say metadata, think about it as the training data. Um, wh- what is that interaction between a human and a human that is enabling a task to get done? Right. Um, so there is some work that is happening on that front. And obviously, we do record some sessions uh, for training purposes, you know, for agents. Uh, so, yeah, so the audio data, the the uh, the video recording at times as well as the contextual information is something that we uh, that we collect mm-hmm. um, so yeah so, so it ca- doesn't mean that we are recording every everything it what it means that we are uh, extracting the metadata that is needed for the training from uh, from the existing sessions right right and that does make sense but I think from there's two angles that I think most of our listeners will want to know for example if you call up an agent with um, and you want them to read a medication bottle or you know a note from a doctor um, where does that particular data and uh, who ha- can access that information and who cannot access it so currently nobody can access the data that is coming to the IRA platforms um, because you know again for us, the user privacy is also most important. Um, so somebody else asked this question yesterday. Is, some, is the data going somewhere else? No, it is not going anywhere. That's good. Yeah. We appreciate you're not selling your data. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allison always wants to know, is our data being sold? You know, like. Yeah, that is a question I ask frequently of just whatever. And the answer most of the time is, well, absolutely, it's being sold. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's good to know. And I liked it. I actually, I checked, I admit, I checked that out before I got <laughs> Gotcha. Explain it so that our, our listeners can understand like a big girl. Sure. that as well. Absolutely. Uh, that is but I do also see, understand that it's a, it's a tough balance because you also no. want to make sure you get at least enough data to educate the, the networks, the, the AI networks. Right. So, but that doesn't involve that doesn't involve selling the data. You're keeping that data internally, right? But, uh, some, I mean, if you collect it, it can be sold. And I know it's not what I'm saying. Is it, it does make sense you have to collect some metadata. That does make sense to me. Um, to. And I do really want to say, even 
for a standard human intelligence context is helpful. I will say that, um, you know, I often realize that when I call someone, they don't know the context. You know, for example, they don't know if I'm at a conference or they don't know if I am, you know, out with my daughter. They don't That's know right. if I'm going to be at a medical appointment. They just take whatever call they get. So That's right. It, it does. And a lot of that. AI elements actually goes to the agents to begin with because that's where the validation happens. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Do you, um, <coughs> do you have certain tra- agents who are trained on specific areas uh, more than others? You kind of just want to have everybody know a little bit about everything. <coughs> so not yet, but we do have this concept of skill-based routing um, that will be available in the future. Um, and when I say future, yeah, few, 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 few months. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Do you have any plans? Um, any ideas to do any sort of family plans or? How oh yeah, I think that is something that came up. Right. Um, wait till Saturday. Oh, okay. Sounds good. All right. Because certainly, you know, we're we're a blind family, and we quite likely, um, you know, right now we kind of just pass it and count back and forth and log in and out. Um, and it, it works. It works. You know, it does work. But I, I'm, you know, love to see what you guys have in store for that. For uh, yeah, yeah. You were, you were a great time. It's not too long. So. Good. Good. Uh, I, I'm glad because because you know we both would like to use that. So. You know, yeah. No, I think I think you guys are one of the primary motivators and influencers for that. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love being a motivator. Yeah. <laughs> Allison's a really good motivator. You should really. You know, everybody out there, you should listen to Allison. She knows what she's talking about. And that's part of why I keep him around, because he, he tells everybody how awesome I am, which I, which I appreciate. That's awesome. <laughs> no, he's pretty incredible, too, actually. Um, Thank you. And our daughter's a little young for Ira, but she won't always be too young. So, yep. she, yeah, right now, though, she would, yeah, just, if she could, she would ask Ira, hey, where are the snacks? Where are the snacks? Where are the snacks? Yeah, she's a little young. Just a bit. Where's right. that? Where's that jar of peanuts? Can I throw it out now? Like, can I throw it on the floor? What's the quickest way for me to dump out all the things in the room? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a challenge first. All right, Gerald, do you have any other questions? I think that uh, we have kept, you know, Suman for long enough. I appreciate your uh, willingness to talk with us uh, before the podcast and, and on the podcast. And, yeah, absolutely. And Gerald's going to go out and slay some more dragons with his Ira. That's always my joke. Like, he has a better experience. He, he has much more patience than I do and a slightly better phone, so he has really good Ira experience and he'll come home every day and tell me, I did this with Ira and I did that with Ira and I'm like, I maybe got a cup of coffee. <laughs> but even so, I'm thankful to have it. So, from- yeah, I, I, think, I mean, I hear so many stories every day, right? Um, and I think it's it, the, 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 it's just up to the imagination. Um, and even, even I mean, myself or the people who were supporting from the beginning of the company, they never anticipated all the things that our users are using, uh, doing today. Um, it's, it's just mind-blowing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm looking forward for all the things. A good way to wind up this podcast then is, do you have a particular favorite story, whether it's a recent story, of a way that you thought was especially an interesting or unique way that someone used Ira that you particularly like? I have a lot of stories. Uh, a recent one, maybe one that, okay. uh, that folks haven't heard yet. Folks haven't heard yet, which yes. is very recent. Uh-huh. Um, I know one recent story... So I will tell you one story which is recent enough, which is very near and dear to my heart, uh, because it is one of my friends in San Diego, who was one of the very early explorers. A um, couple of months ago, he uh, Sergio, his name, his his uh, father passed away, and uh, uh, he he wanted to go to his father's funeral, 
um, I, what? Sorry, I have he, Yeah, he, he wanted to go to his father's funeral. funeral. Uh-huh. But obviously, he, he didn't want to bother anybody to kind of tell him like what's going on. So he decided to uh, schedule ahead of the time with the agent uh, and say, you know what, I'm going to father's funeral. I won't be talking. I, I just need to know everything that is going on. Uh, give me a description. So he went to father's funeral. The agent gave all the descriptions, what is going on. Um, he came back, he emailed me personally saying that, uh, Suman, you know what, I didn't feel like I missed my father's funeral. I felt like I was there, Aww. which is which is very uh, emotional to me. Um, wow. And, and he's a very good friend, so that means a lot to me. That's great. I mean, of course, it's not that he was attending a funeral. Certainly, that's not great. But I'm glad that he was able to enjoy it in the way that he felt, you know, was right. satisfying to him in a, in a bad situation. That's that's really cool that you're yeah. able to impact people's lives like that. And on the flip side, I mean, literally, exactly on the flip side, uh, Tina Sutton. Tina Sutton took Ivra to her daughter's wedding. Yeah. Awesome. I have to say, I was a little uncomfortable about the marketing. I saw a Facebook ad about Ira. Uh-huh. Um, where they said something about, um, oh, I can't remember what it was, but it was something that, oh, I don't remember the ad. But I didn't love the ad. To me, it was kind of like implying that like this woman's was, experience would have been so sad no, we, if it had been for Ira because she's blind. We, we, yeah, you should you should send me those because we usually try to eliminate because I live in the community. I know the philosophies very well, and I myself doesn't come across you know you know with with the kind of notion about being sad or being sympathetic it's all about empathy is, is what right. we stand for so if you if you see the post where you feel okay. could be fixed or can, could be written better you should let me know okay I will do that I appreciate yeah. that that's really good to know I have to say it didn't bother me so much that I would have mentioned it except when you mentioned the wedding just now it made me remember the Facebook ad and I remember at the time thinking interesting but no, yeah, it I was more try. about the experience right? it's more about the elevated experience and less about you know, not being able to experience. Right, right, exactly. It's more about elevating. You know, it's all about augmentation. It. Right. No, yeah. that makes sense to me. I, I too, if I, if I was the kind of person who enjoyed weddings, which I'm not, but if I did, I would certainly like to bring Ira to a wedding. I, that would involve me wanting to go to a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely, it is good that you can kind of enhance people's, you know, important life events. That's really exciting. I think that's. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, have some users. Do you call them users, clients, customers? What are? <laughs> We actually uh, refer to our users explorers. Um, oh, that's true. Well, I guess I knew that. I didn't think. Oh, even those, uh, even those who are not no longer in the early explorer program, yeah, you're still that, calling that, them that's, explorers. That's right. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, the ex- early explorer program started for a reason, but 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 um, I think you know the more we think about it, the more we talk to our explorers. They they encourage the idea of exploration and explorers. So I think for now we are gonna uh, stick with it. I like um, that actually. I, I really do like that because that's and like you said, when you're in kind of that new area that people haven't you know made up you know ideas and policies and written really words for it, it I think explorers is a good way to just make up your own term. Yeah. <laughs> if it hasn't been done before, you get you get that sure. you, you get that ability yeah. to just decide what you want to term. Yeah, like yeah. explorer sounds cool. So. But the generic term is yeah, user is what. Yeah, use user. Yeah, that's yeah. typically what I, you see in most tech companies, which you essentially are. So, I like Explorer, though. I do, too. That's kind of fun. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a good little phrase. I mean, certainly, a, who doesn't want to think of themselves 
ourselves and explore, right? Pretty much. <laughs> so well, that's great. Well, cool. thank you again. So finally, tell us about the awesome referral program, which, by the uh, way, I hope all listeners to this yes. podcast who choose Ira will use, will select us as their referral yes, contact. Well, um, Are they just use Blind Journal or our names? Just use our names, but if you contact us through the methods we'll talk about at the end and put in the show notes, then yes. we'll hook you up. If you hear about Ira from our podcast, or if you have heard about Ira before and you decide that you want to join now, thanks to our podcast, we would love your referral. So because, yeah. because, Suman, tell us why. Well, um, the referral program is all about um, giving back to the customers as well as encouraging new users to be signing up, right? So it's, it's, it's both ways. So a referral program today is um, the person who referred gets a free month and the person who joins also gets a free month. And there awesome. is no limit on how many referrals one customer can actually make. So once you sign up, you will have the ability to refer as many people as you can. Doesn't matter even if it is hundred months. Wow! Uh, awesome. Or, or, or even more. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I know there are a couple of explorers who are actually doing pretty good with a one-year free service. <laughs> no, wow! So, <laughs> I there are some really good. <laughs> some people are really good at sales. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's about. Uh, it's about expanding the community. It's about uh, you know pushing the technology into the hands of more people, and that is only gonna help uh, not just the company but also help everybody uh, who is you know in the community. So that it's, sounds it's kind great. of a win-win situation. Awesome. Right. So everybody wins, and you guys get more explorers, and people get you know. People get free months. So I think yeah. that is, and the more people in general get to hear about it, and they hear about it from friends, which is ultimately everyone's most trusted source. I mean, we can we all see Facebook ads, we all hear about things at conferences, but ultimately, a lot of us tend to still buy the products and services we hear. From yeah, and and that's so true, Alison, yeah. because even like today, today, mm-hmm. it's it's all about our current explorers speaking to other explorers. Yeah, it is less about uh, how much marketing and you know. PR that is happening outside, but it's all about it's all about our explorers. Right, absolutely. No, I, I had heard about Ira from a friend long before I had seen a Facebook ad for it. So that's how. So I think that's how a lot of us still today, are blind or not, tend to join up with new new things or new products or new services is because we've heard about it from our friends. So I think that's a very you know that's a that's a good referral program that probably benefits a little bit of everybody. So we appreciate that. Yep. Already. Well, Suman, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. If uh, if uh, any of you listening would like to reach us, email Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, at blindaccessjournal.com. Or Daryl, D-A-R-R-E-L-L, at blindaccessjournal.com. Or you can tweet Allytalk, A-L-L-I-T-A-L-K. Or you can tweet at Daryl, D-A-R-R-E-L-L. If you want to leave messages for our now 18-month-old toddler, you can email Alyssa at blindaccessjournal.com. Ah, that's what I'm going to do. S-S-A. Yeah. <laughs> she, lo- she loves getting fan mail. We read it to her. <laughs> I'm good friends with her now. <laughs> See what? <laughs> I said I'm good friends with her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, you are. <laughs> I mean, she... 
You got to watch her dump the peanuts on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's her, that is her favorite thing. So, well, and we um, we really appreciate you guys tuning in t- uh, today and listening to us. And again. you know, feel free to make comments again. Yes, listen again. Again, Not listen again. Unless it's got it. Feel free to leave content, comments and retweet. And if you have suggestions for the show, feel free to. Um, contest at any point so um, we are wrapping up a very um, good convention and we will talk to you again next time and thanks again thank you everybody thanks thank you bye bye